Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life Street Podcast. How you doing? Greetings to all of you good people from around the planet, uh, people checking in from Canada and uh, Portugal and Spain. How are you all? Greetings to my East Coast, West Coast, my Midwest brothers and sisters, and greetings to all of you off-planet who are listening and we know who you are. Um, hey, uh, you're the book. Go to Instagram right now. Grab your digital device. Grab your phone and go to Instagram right now. I'm waiting. All right, good. Uh, go to that little uh, magnifying glass and search year, the book, year, Y-E-A-R, the book, and then follow. Uh, we're so close. We've got the Instagram uh, up and running, and we're about to populate. <laughs> we're about to influence and populate so that's what we're doing. But please follow that. And then we're going to have a Facebook and a Twitter as well for the book. But uh, we're so close that now we're doing the social media and press releases are being written and all that kind of crap. We're self-publishing. So it's been an absolute education as we go. Um, I had a publisher publish my first book, Starving Jesus, if you're interested. And uh, it was just a, an easier process. <laughs> But self-publishing in 2018 is uh, is what you do, and so you can. So here we go. And uh, I'm a machine of one or two. My other uh, dear friend on the project, Rob Supan, who is the designer slash uh, marketing expert, um, there's just two of us. So uh, we're letting this engine go. So we're going to need you to help us get this book out, and we totally appreciate uh, everybody's patience as we get it out. So uh, year the book on Instagram and follow. All right, appreciate it. Uh, today we're going to be talking about spiritual formation, what the hell is spiritual formation? Uh, why is it such a weird word? And why doesn't everybody at Starbucks over? What, what, like when you go to Starbucks, why don't you hear everybody like talking about spiritual formation? Like, <laughs> um, as a spiritual director, I got to tell you, like, I I laugh and I joke. But I even did a video on it. It's like spiritual direction is not like a it's not like a business plan. It's not like you put like you put together a, you know a, a spiritual direction business plan, and then you go and. Hey, look, this woman do. <laughs> it's not at all. In fact, uh, it's sure it's a way to the poorhouse. <laughs> so, so you just gotta know. But as a way of life, or as a as a as an act of life, um, I couldn't want to do and be anything more. And uh, so we're gonna talk about spiritual formation because I talk about that a lot with people. And we're gonna we're gonna dive into Luke a little bit and and, and look at a story with Jesus and, the, and and a woman who was bleeding for twelve years to kind of illustrate some of that spiritual formation. Um, hey, jrman.com, J R M A H O N dot com. If you need a spiritual director, and believe me, I know you do. And what do we do? Well, we sit face to face, or sometimes on the phone, or sometimes on uh, on the uh, on the what on the uh, on the FaceTime on the Skype. And, uh, and we talk about what's going on in season in your life. What is happening? And we talk about spiritual formation. So if you need me, all my names and numbers and ats are on jrman.com and we'll go for it. Um, okay, so spiritual formation 101. Um, when we talk in terms of spiritual formation, and again, I'm talking to anybody. I'm talking if you're a Buddhist, if you're a Hindu, if you're a Christian, if you're a Jew, um, Muslim, Sufi, a Sufi. Do I have any Sufis in the house? I bet you I do, right? Um, the uh, and God love the Sufis. I went to a Sufi gathering uh, last year, 
and we were taught a dance, a Sufi dance. And it was, honestly, like, for those of you who know me, you're like, wait, Jerry, you went to a Sufi dance? Yeah, man, I did. It was freaking awesome. It was so wonderfully great. It, it took me, I was shocked how, how much damn fun I had. Picture me and maybe 20 other women and, like, another guy. <laughs> me, me, another guy, and 20 other women holding hands and dancing. <laughs> And singing a really cool song. Um, so uh, if you can picture that, you can picture that. <laughs> I just laughed because I had such a good time doing it. Okay, so Spiritual Formation 101. So the baseline for human beings, like what is at, what is in our core? What's at the center of who we are? And the baseline for all of us is the desire to be loved, period, plain Jane, no other things going on there. It's the desire to be loved. And if you take a couple seconds out of your day right now to really contemplate what I just said, I know you would come back and agree. Even the most hardened individual who would, uh, you know, oh, I don't, I don't need love. I don't. I don't need anybody's love. Like even that person would contemplate for, uh, you know, a little bit and go, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yes, I have a desire to be loved. The desire to be loved, the desire to belong, um, to, to be needed, to, to share need, to have need, to have need met, the desire to be loved. That's the baseline. So I want everybody to start there and understand and like really accept that about themselves that, yeah, man, I want love. And that's okay. That's cool. Everybody's good. I know America in 2018 is doing everything it possibly can to beat the shit out of that, out of, that of us, like every possible thing it can. You don't have to be on Instagram for more than three minutes without feeling crappy about yourself. You don't have to go to Facebook and see everybody's Hawaii pictures without feeling like garbage. You don't have to. <laughs> I got it. Turn on CNN, Fox, or MSNBC, and it takes you like 10 minutes to, uh, you know, either you want to put a bullet in your head or you're just so terrified after 10 minutes of listening to the garbage going on um, that you don't know what to do. So our culture, our world is constantly trying to take that desire away from us. And we, as, a, as, as people, as individuals, are doing the I can control, I can be God and do God and know what God knows thing. Um, and from that standpoint, it's like we become siloed, right? Silomatic. That's what I call it. That's a JR term, silomatic. We're silomatic in our lives today. In other words, we can do things by ourselves. I don't need anybody's help. I don't need your attention, your need, your love. I can do it all. Um, so that's the baseline. We screw it up at times. Our tribe screw it up. Our country screw it up. Our, the, 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 the cause of humanity kind of jacks it up a little bit. But at the baseline, we know we're searching for love. So there's a curiosity, and I'm only going to talk about one facet, and maybe we'll do spiritual formation like 101, 102, 103 kind of a thing. So, but I'm going to talk about curiosity today as the, as the 101. So, so from that desire to be loved pops curiosity. And perhaps you know what I'm talking about. Perhaps you, regardless of what spiritual practice you're in, Christian, Jew, Hindu, Muslim, regardless, and regardless of what then the practice you do do in that spiritual direct, in, in, in that spiritual life, whether you pray or meditate or contemplate or read or talk or, you know, all, a, 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 you know, a, a number of things that you could do. Maybe 
in your quiet time, in your solace, driving around, in your natural states of peace, wherever that is, you do have that desire to know more about what's going on either outside of you, universe, cosmos, world, earth, or you kind of get pushed inward to really want to know and fire around what's going on inside of you. And why is there this longing and desire to be loved, particularly when it comes to a higher power, a power greater than yourself, a God, Jesus, Buddha. Like, what is that? Like, what is that? And, and, and if you're there with me on that, and again, it happens with me, so I know it happens with you. I'm not the guy that, that, that thinks, you know, everybody's a snowflake and we're completely different from one to another. I believe that same DNA, that same baseline of wanting to and desiring to be loved is in you, as it is in me. So as you're firing on that longing and desire to be loved, there's a curiosity that bears out of you. And a lot of times the curiosity just remains curiosity and we don't ask the questions and we don't do, and, and, and some do though, some go on mad, crazy spiritual searches and quests. And I know you've heard about these people and some of them perhaps are your spiritual teachers. Um, but what about you? What about you? What is your curiosity? How do you lean into that desire? How do you lean into that want for belonging? How do you lean in for that want to be loved or that understanding that you have needs and you'd like the needs to be met. So that's where I want to start today with your spiritual formation. And I want you to understand that just because we're talking about like spiritual formation 101 and you go, yeah, I got it, I get it. It doesn't mean you can't, you can't grow on that, learn on that, mature on that, and really understand that. A lot of my clients have got really structurally sound spiritual uh, lives and uh, education and understanding, and in some cases, even experience. And that's kind of where I'm drawing in as we talk about curiosity and we talk about the experience of the curiosity. So what does that mean? So somebody asked me the other day, Jerry, what's your methodology? What is your, your spiritual direction methodology? And I don't know if I have one because as a spiritual director, my, my job is listening. And then from there, my job is to ask very clarifying questions about what is in fact happening to you, your curiosity, and where you're going. And as you form, mature, what does that mean and how does that push you around in the world, particularly with your relationships, your relationship to you, your relationship to God, your relationship to everyone around you? You tracking? Are you with me? Did I lose you all in the, in the weird nebula of spiritualness? Silomatic, right? You're still thinking about it. <laughs> okay, let's go to Luke. Um, let's go to Luke 8. So uh, Jesus is being um, welcomed in by a crowd who, that, that are expecting him. At, at this point in, in his timeline in, in the book of Luke, um, he's a known quantity. He's a guy that they know does stuff, and they're really looking forward to seeing him. And some of them have not met him. Some of them have not seen him. It's some of it's word of mouth. And here's this guy who's going to free us and from the oppressive Romans. The Romans are kicking people's ass, and we don't like the Romans, and we want them out. And here comes our new king, this guy named Jesus. And oh, by the way, he feeds people and does miracles and raises people from the dead. What? What? Where is this guy? Right? I'm with you, man. I'm like, where is this guy? And so there's a huge crowd that's expecting him. 
And before the story we're about to read, um, there's a guy that wants Jesus to come to his house and, 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 and help his daughter. And Jesus is entering into a massive crowd. So I want you to get the scene, right? Uh, hot, dusty uh, crowd around him, people like, you know, taking off work, you know, people like, you know, coming out from their houses, coming out from their businesses. And, and here comes this guy, man, that, that has this incredible allure and power and wisdom and just magnificence about him. Like, man, what is this guy? But there's a woman in a crowd, and this woman in the crowd's got a real distinct problem. And 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 I want you to, I want us to lean in on the form, on her formation. So this is Luke. Uh, this is Luke eight. I'm gonna be in. Uh, I'm gonna be in. Uh, I'm gonna be in forty two, for those keeping track. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So she was basically hemorrhaging for 12 years in parts of the body that do that for women. And 12 years, like every time I read that, I'm like 12 years. Now, I got a bad back. And again, this is nothing like this woman's problem. <laughs> nothing. But I've had my bad back for about 10 years. And I'm telling you, man, it is a pain in the ass. And there's uh, every doctor that I've gone to, it's like, oh, they can't do this and they can't do that because of the place it is and blah, 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 blah. But man, I tell you, man, the pain and the, 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 the limited movement and all that stuff is just a pain in the ass. So I can't imagine having the situation of bleeding for this woman for 12 years, what she's personally going through every single day, like how she has to worry about where she goes, who she sees, right? What she wears, how she wears it, who can help her, who can't help her, who has she talked to about it, who knows. And for the record, a woman with this issue back in Jesus's day would have been an unclean woman. And that's exactly what they would have said. You're unclean, right? There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your essence. There's something wrong with you spiritually. There's something wrong with the way you do life, so it's not just a health matter. Like, again, now we've come a long ways. <laughs> 2018, somebody with this problem. I mean, we're not necessarily going to be looking down on somebody like that. Now, for the record, in 28, we still do that in a manner, in, in other manners and in other subjectivities. That's for damn sure. Think about it. Remember when the AIDS crisis hit for crying out loud? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, people were like, don't touch me. So, you know, I want you to kind of get that understanding. I want you to get the understanding that this woman, man, was, was outcast and subject to being locked away from everybody. And she ingested that, and she had to live with that every day. What do you live with every day? What do you live with every day that you feel like that? And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. No one. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. So here's this massive crowd as he's on his way. The, the scripture says they were expecting him, so you can imagine a big crowd. People are crushing in on one another. That verse says, now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, and they were expecting him. They're pressing up against each other. Like, that's the kind of crowd. So, you know, you picture like, you know, Steven Tyler getting out of his limo in Times Square. People all just making a run for him, right? That kind of crushing, right? And here's this woman 
that's got this thing going on for 12 years and knows through somebody, through somebody, through somebody that this guy is coming. And by the way, this guy heals. This guy has been known to heal. He's been known to raise people from the dead. He's been known to kind of wave his hand around. and (laughs) All kinds of cool spiritual magic stuff has happened. And this might be an out for me. At that point, I always wonder is how much of the 12 years of formation is going into this touch that she's about to do. Because she's just looking to touch this guy. Just the, the, the garment, the jacket. How much of the 12 years of formation, the 12 years of suffering, the 12 years of outcast, the 12 years of sorrow in formation is driving that energy to just, just touch, just swipe. If I could just, if I could just get near that guy. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. The edge. Not even the actual cloak. Not his arm, not his neck, not his hair. Not a full grip. But just the the edge. Do it right now. Grab your shirt. Just touch the edge. Just the edge. Right? And immediately, the bleeding stopped. Now, here's where the story gets nuts, right? Because I don't know about you, but I've been touched in a crowd before and not noticed. (laughs) Not talking oddly or weirdly, right? Uh, you know, people brush by you. You don't notice. I was in, I was in L.A. last week, and it's like you know, it's like, you know, yeah, man, I, I, I got touched there. You know, it's like I didn't even notice the edge of my garment. And then Jesus whips around, man. He whips around. Who touched me? And I don't think he whispered it, man. You know what I'm saying? Who touched me, Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, so people are denying it. So how did he ask it, right? When they all denied it, (laughs) Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Like Peter's like, dude, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's touching you. People are like on top of you. Like Steven Tyler coming out of the limo, touching his hair and his bracelets and his elbow and his ribbon. They're taking selfies and they're all over Jesus. And Jesus is like, who touched me? (laughs) Like how they all denied it too, right? Isn't that great? Who touched me? When they all denied it. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied, I didn't. I didn't, I I, I wasn't, I mean, I was, I didn't do it. It's, it's just lovely stuff. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. I know that power has gone out from me. So here's something crazy about formation and desire and curiosity. Here's something nuts. That your formation, your desire actually draws out from from God. Like it draws out from his presence. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. So you have the ability with your formation, with your curiosity to touch the divine. You have the power in your curiosity, your formation, your desire, that desire to be loved, that desire to be healed, that desire to be known, that desire to be touched, to touch the divine. You have it. Just like this woman did 2,000 years ago, you have the same ability. This woman just touched the edge. What is it like to touch the whole garment? What is it like to be in big, fat communication with him and not just the edge? 
Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. Then the woman seen that she could know that she could not go unnoticed. <laughs> you imagine? Oh, shit. The dude saw me. <laughs> Came trembling and fell at his feet. So here Jesus makes it like, like stop. Who, who did this? And then he's searching, right? He's looking with his eyes. He's looking and people are like, what's going on? And we didn't do it. We didn't do it. <laughs> but, but, but everybody's touching, but we didn't do it. And boom, he makes a beeline and he sees it. And now this woman's like, damn, I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm busted. So here I go. Trembling and fell at his feet. Was she scared? Was she nervous? Was she in awe that the bleeding had stopped? Was the attention being paid to her so much so by the divine that it just crumpled her to the ground? What has it been like for you in your formation to have touched the divine? Because I'm not assuming any of you have not. Like, I'm actually assuming that all of you have. All of you have had some kind of spiritual experience in your life where there's been an edge of garment touch and you have felt the presence and the attention of the divine toward you. And in that moment, regardless of how you felt, trembling or fearful or thankful or grateful or loving or kindred, whatever that is, you've acknowledged it. And here she is, seeing that, seeing that she could know, that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at her feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how he had been, and how, he had, how she'd been instantly healed. So in front of everybody now, she's in admittance of what she and why she came out. I came out here. I came out here, Jesus, to be healed. No one can heal me. I am so desperate for a life change, for a physical life change, because the, the thing that's happening to me for the last 12 years has knocked me out, led me down a path dark path that I didn't necessarily want to be. I have good days and I have bad days, but I just want it to be gone. And so I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. My curiosity, I'm forming the idea that you will. I'm forming the idea that you can be touched. I'm understanding that I did touch you. Then he said to her, then he said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Now, in and around this story, there's another story, just so you know. This story is actually the white in the Oreo around a guy named Jarius whose daughter was sick and dying. And we're going to do that next podcast around the spiritual formation. But I wanted to go right for the middle of the Oreo first, as we all do. <laughs> That's the other thing I know about you. I know all of you eat the white inside of the Oreo before you eat the rest of the cookie. I know you do. So in this, I just want you to hear it. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. There, there is no massive like big theological present lesson here other than the fact that you are witnessing the formation of a person who is in need of love, in need of healing, in need of belonging, so desperate that she pushes through a crowd to just get the very edge of who Jesus is. And he turns his attention 
past the crowds pressing up against him, touching arms, bracelets, taking selfies, hoping to God they're acknowledged by the king. To one person who is curious enough with something going on inside of her, enough that she comes out and hits the crowd with an edge touch. So, I'm not going to belabor. I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. Where are you in this story? Are you pressing up against him? Are you hoping for his attention because, because, because you got a great story to tell later tomorrow? Are you hoping for his attention because you've got more people to stick in your pews? Are you hoping for his attention because you want to look like the best damn guy in the block? Are you hoping for his attention because you want to look like the greatest Christian ever? Are you hoping for his attention because he'll feed you, he'll just give you something and nourish you and you can go on your way? Or are you hoping for his attention So deep, so longing, so desiring, so needing love that even the edge of who he is is okay for you. Where are you in that story? And then when you do get your touch, what's going on in there? When you do have some of that longing and desire satisfied by the divine, what is happening next? What happened next with her? What kind of story did she tell all the people that tried to help her? Because remember, no one could. And I'm sure there were hundreds of people that tried. I'm sure there were all kinds of homeopathic methods tried. There were all kinds of garments made for her. What did she have to say after that? What did the crowd have to say about her? What were the questions? What were the answers? What was her next day like having coffee? Did the newspapers want to interview her? What was going on? Spiritual formation comes at at, at a bit of a cost. And it does mean that you're going to have to get out, get up, and get in the middle of that crowd at some level. And the crowd can be metaphorical for you. The crowd can be your family. It can be your tribe. It can be your work. It can be, it can be the systems and ideologies and perceived understandings that you already have, your dogmas, if you will. But you got to push through it. And you got to be able to touch the outer edge of the divine. So I'm curious about your outer edge. What is the outer edge you'd like to touch? Where is it you'd like to go? What is it in you that needs to be healed and loved and touched? And how do you want to be desired? And then from there, what do you desire? And how will you love? And how will you give love? Because I would imagine the woman's, this woman, as she walks away, the rest of her life, the rest of her life, not only is she telling a story that has to do with her, but she's also telling a story about how that guy and the edge of his garment can change you too. The divine in your life is an actuality. And that actuality you may touch, that actuality you may feel, that actuality you may have relationship with, that actuality you may discover yourself with. 
to know God is to know yourself, and to know yourself is to know God. Good people, I thank you so much. If you're looking for a spiritual director, you know who to talk to. Hit me at jrjrman.com, jr at jrman.com. Go to jrman.com. Please go to Year the Book on Instagram right now, right now, right now, right now. And follow, please. And Year the Book is coming out very soon. You're going to get it. I know you are. You're going to love it. Um, if you're listening to me on iTunes, please subscribe to the channel and write some nice little uh, substance about us. Again, I thank you all for listening. You're all very cherished. I love the fact that, that, that you're in on my passion. And uh, if I can be in on yours, uh, you know where to find me. We'll talk again next week. 